0: welcome back to Advanced Kayak Angler. Appreciate you tuning in. This week with me, I got guest co-host Chuck Wise. What's going on, man? How's it going, man?
1: Glad to be on here.
0: Okay. Yeah, going good. Yeah, you just fished Logan Martin today. Did pretty good, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh we got some decent numbers, uh, you know. My neighbor's
2: been uh trying to figure it out, and we finally figured something out today, so it's always good.
0: Cool. I wish I lived close to a lake like that where I could just go all the time. Yeah, like five I minutes from them. from from Riverside. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> I need to. God, I gotta move. We actually talked about it today, but <laughs> no, it ain't gonna happen. So, hey, it's such a nice neighborhood, good schools, you know, the whole thing. The whole reason why we moved here, but it's just like forty-five to fifty minutes from any lake, which is yeah. awful. And we don't have much of a yard. Like we have a big yard, but it's just trees and like non-usable flat area so the kids and we play soccer in the driveway and that's like they just always go down into the ravine we and there's so much poison ivy and poison oak you can't (laughs) go to like the winter so it's every winter it's like going down there with this giant you know throwing all the balls back up hundreds of dollars worth of balls (laughs) down there so yeah he doesn't even try to keep them in the driveway it's like, ah, I don't know. Dad will get another ball. He, he wins enough money. He can give me all the balls he needs. Exactly. A little dad right there. <laughs> but, uh, and hey, uh, I got my frog shirt on. Not affiliated with Scum Frog. I just like their frogs. And they were having a sale. So I got like that and some other like American Tackle Works. I really like these shirts. They're like yeah. Tech T or something. And That's I was awesome. like, ooh, I'll get one of every brand because I like the shirts so much. And they were on sale on cheap. But um yeah, so this week we're talking about frogs. So like maybe the the funnest way yeah, maybe the funnest way to catch fish. So it's gonna be a good time. And first I would refer you back to uh, the best frog fisherman I know is Randall Randall uh Oh Lord, yeah, Randall Wallace up in North Alabama. That guy slays, and we had a paddle, whenever I was still with Paddle and Finn, he was on there and he talked about frogs and his rod and a bunch of tips, but I, and that's the reason because I would have had him back on the two best guys. Not that's the best local guy, I'll say. Brad Case is also great, I just had him on, so I now, but I kind of want space it out too. I you know, I try to give everybody some shine and let everybody come on the show as much as I can. I don't want to just repeat the same people. Um, probably should have talked about frogs with, with Brad though, because I know he's him and John Lessman are both. Frog masters, but uh, yeah, yeah, so I'll go ahead and bring everybody on. We got uh, Daniel Morris from Tennessee, Chris Catucci from Rhode Island, and Tim Rodman, the fishing lawyer from uh, <laughs> Texas. So we, you know, want to spread it out. So, and me and Chuck are here in Alabama, so kind of wanted to get everybody's different thoughts on it. How y'all doing,
2: guys? Good, hey, good, how are you? Cool, appreciate y'all being on. Daniel, we'll start with you. Tell everybody who you are, man. I'm
0: one of the tournament directors for Kayak Bass Fishing Tennessee. Uh,
3: home home club for for Russ, Josh, Adam. Uh, God bless you. A couple more national champions are floating
2: around in our club as well. Um, Jamie, Jamie's here now. Uh, Jamie, who? Um, oh God, you would have to ask me that. He won. Um, no, he won uh, Denison. Oh, Jamie, yeah. God dang.
0: But ev- everybody's
2: uh, moving to Nashville too, though, right? So I guess okay, everybody's yeah. eventually going to come there. I rent's showing it, so. Yeah. Um, I've done, I've done the Spro tournaments. Uh, almost every one that I could do.
3: Um, I've got a, a big bass for Spro and a, and a top 10 finish. So I'm going to be one of the best, but I like to have fun doing it. Heck yeah, man
0: and uh all right chris how about you man the he was telling us he's shuck he shucks oysters on the side he's the shuckologist so he was telling us about that too and he's i didn't realize you have an oyster shirt like you yeah. are serious whenever you have a shirt
4: to go with it oh we're repping <laughs> don't worry um there we go but yeah so uh i uh actually my bass fishing journey started in high school i was fortunate enough to win the junior bass fishing world championship down in Shreveport, Louisiana, on Cross Lake. Um, so from We're then awesome, on man. in, I want a Triton storm aluminum bass boat. And I didn't even have a driver's license at that point, which was pretty dangerous. But uh, <laughs> um, basically went to college, studied aquaculture and fisheries. That's kind of where I got my introduction to oysters. And I ended up selling my boat, and I bought a Hobie, and I've been kayak fishing since then
1: heck
0: yeah and wait yeah you were on the rhode island team for kfl
4: yeah i was uh one of the guys on the rebels you might have saw some highlight reels of me losing some fish on a frog (laughs) aka also getting fish denied on a frog in the last 40 seconds
2: of a tournament it's been a fun ride (laughs) and tim how about you well as you said, I'm from Texas.
5: I'm a lawyer I'm here at the office on a Sunday evening, get ready for the week. You know, my usual. Um, just a guy that likes to sling a frog around. I love throwing a frog. It's probably my favorite bait. Um, cashed quite a few checks off of it and got a win off of it. and uh just happens to be something I've been throwing since I was a kid. You know, it's hard to beat a frog. Uh, my favorite frog thing and out there to throw.
0: I had you on before with Paddling Finn, and you were doing a. It was about underspins and small swim baits. So you, you you're like me. You kind of like a little bit of a, the, the big and the the small.
5: Yeah, yeah. The the underspins are great too, but he's blowing up on a frog. We all know how that goes. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, there's nothing like it out there. So
0: it's funny. I've said on here before, like I don't throw a whole lot of stuff in the middle. My stuff's like. Big baits, topwaters, frogs, swim jigs, braid, and things like that, or like drop shot or Ned, you know, wacky rig. Like I don't throw it. I I don't have a lot of the in between. I guess I I should work on that. But
2: it's all right. You look like you're doing all right. I I wouldn't worry too much about
0: it, everybody. Yeah, but we're talking about frogs, so let's talk about that. Uh, I guess we'll start with frogs, like. What's everybody's favorite? Uh Chuck, we'll start with you, man. Uh man. Like in in your lineup, like how does how do the different frogs that you throw like interact with one another? That's always something I'm interested in because you know, if I could carry 20 different kinds of frogs for every situation. And maybe if I were going to you know, I would have a couple of other kind of frogs I usually don't throw. If I know I'm going to Gunnersville or I'm going to Chickamauga or something like that, or I'm going somewhere where I know it's going to be, you know, the cheese mats on the fall on Gunnersville. I'm going to bring every frog I freaking own. But most of the time, like, what, which, where are the frogs that you bring, and why are you bringing those frogs?
6: Well, uh, I would say mainly two frogs is what I, what I throw for the most part. Um, uh, the Booyah Pad Crasher is probably, probably my number one in the Poppin' Pad Crasher. Uh, and then the Spro, uh, just the normal Spro frog. Uh, it's like I think the 65 without the pop Those are my go-to's. And honestly, uh, I don't really, I don't. I mean, I like I throw them in grass, like thick matted stuff and gunnersville, But I, I honestly like, like to throw them more around, like wood and like water willow, sparse grass like that. That's kind of where like when I see a good frog lot. That's what
0: I'm looking for. But, but, but just the two. Um,
6: the,
2: oh, uh, hold the, hold um, on. Chuck,
0: I'm, I'm I'm a kick out and then yeah, go out and then follow a link back in. You're kind of breaking up a little bit. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Cool. No, you're good. It happens. Technology in Alabama.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Daniel, how about you, man? Well, oh, I mean, you did well in in the Spro Frog tournament, so I guess you're a Spro man, right? Uh, I'm I'm I've fallen in love with the Spro Flapping Frog.
3: I mean here in really? nashville okay. oh yeah it's because i can fish it like a moving bait i, I just don't have the patience for finesse I, it, it'll it kill me every tournament but but i like the <laughs> I like moving um it, it's you know you can pause it it's gonna float it's gonna get smashed uh, up here i'll have a frog tide on year round and i'll throw it into i'll throw it up against wood i'll throw it into treetops you name it. It's, it's on, it's on 365 days a year up here. And, and most people have no clue that it works 365.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's funny here in Alabama. I've said this before that kind of the winter mats, whenever it's just dead grass mats on the warm days, the fish will still get underneath those mats. I, I, I think it's a technique like people just completely miss. They don't think about frogs or, slow rolling, some kind of grass top water bait over those dead mats. Sometimes, I, I, man, I've I destroyed them in the winter doing that.
3: And over the last two years, the grass is finally starting to come back up here. So we've got, um, you know, subsurface grass. We really don't have matted out grass. We'll have some of the, some of the freestanding strains of stuff that's like six foot, you know, six foot long strands. So you get a whole feel of that. And that flapping Frog is just perfect
0: to, to motor around and pull through it. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that makes sense why you would throw that frog then if you have a lot of submerged grass. Or... Chris, how about you, man? What's, what's Rhode Island frogging
4: like? <laughs> oh, it's nothing too crazy. I mean, I'm fishing around the same type of stuff as, you know, most of the people around the country. A little bit of wood, a little bit of grass, you know uh docks but uh for me i think there's like two that i like to use and one that i will use but i'm afraid to use um so my go-to is the spro poppin frog 65 um i do bend the hooks out a little bit on it and i do trim the legs i try and get it so it skips well um but that in the scum frog launch series seems to be like if i'm fishing heavy cover yes, i want the launch series i feel like it really does well in terms of like making a good popping you know kind of disturbance on a mat um and the owner hooks on those are unbelievable um and then i have the jacal gavacho frog which i think it skips really well it has a killer action everything is great about that frog It is very weedless, but it also has a terrible up to land ratio. Those hooks just don't collapse well on the body. And that's the frog I was using when you guys saw me lose that fish in the KFL matchup. Um, <laughs> that Gavacho. it gets bit. It's a good frog. The hooks, the design though, it just, it has its issues and I'm afraid to use it in a tournament situation.
0: I wish Chuck was still on here because there was a tournament on, um, we were at some Coleman Lake, not, it was this year, and he had, and he ended up getting second to me. And he had, he was throwing a frog, and it was that same Gravalcho frog. And oh. he lost like five fish in a row. And he literally, because he, he has his, you know, he has his camera, his GoPro, and he took it and threw that some bitch on the bank. <laughs> He's like, y'all can keep, it. he literally took it, cut it off, and threw it on the bank. That, that frog is a
4: tease <laughs> because it gets good bites it really has a s- sick action it skips well it doesn't get snagged it just doesn't keep the fish hooked though yeah. good practice frog i guess oh for sure <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: no, well, that's, hey that sometimes that could be just as important i I'm, i might have to think about throwing that one into alana because they're a little bit smaller right
4: Uh, no, they're pretty, they're pretty standard, I think. They're not, like, I would call them a a typical size, um, I think that the thing is, though, you could legitimately toss that thing into a tree, and it's not gonna get snagged. It it Mm. is very weedless, but that's also why the hookup ratio is terrible. You can't bend those hooks they put on it. All right. right. Tim, how about you, man?
2: Well, I wish Chuck was still on here. Uh, I'm actually, I'm with. I'm Chuck.
5: I love a pad crasher, an old school pad crasher. Oh, there he is, giving (laughs) you some props, Chuck. This this frog right here, I have probably ten of these suckers. Leopard. What I throw? Yeah, just a white one with it, and I like to mark up the bottoms and stuff. But just a pad crasher, and if I want to make a little noise, a popping pad crasher. But there's something about the way these. Um, I don't know if it's just the angle of the bottom or what, but you can really work just a plain Jane pad crasher, you can make it pop really, really well by itself. And it's kind of a subtle noise. And, uh, I don't know. I've just been throwing them for years. They have a great hookup ratio. I don't even bend the hooks out of the box. Uh, You know, they're, they're a great frog just all around. And then, you know, the best part, they don't cost a million bucks. So you can lose them and not cry about it. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah, a- anywhere you can save money is a you know a yeah. blessing. Hey, Chuck, isn't that Gavacho frog? That's the one that you hate so much. <laughs> no, that's the that, that
4: Jackal Kiera frog.
0: Oh, the Kiera frog.
6: Oh, baby. that's
4: the, see, that's the small frog you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, but the, hook the Gavacho on is a poppin' style, larger. Oh, okay. Yeah.
6: That, I haven't used that one, but that one looks a lot better.
4: <laughs> it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was he was
0: saying the hookup ratio is awful.
2: It sucks so bad. <laughs> it's a tease, thatler. Dan, Dan beat me
6: in a tournament a couple months ago because of that frog. I, I probably lost five or ten, you know, <laughs> like at least 10 blow ups on that thing. I cut. I wish I wish I cut it off and I put a pad crasher on. Didn't miss another one.
5: off. the
0: I, I wish I had that video. If I were a good podcast host, podcast host, I'd have that video queued up and like play it right now. But
1: you know, I'm not. But. Uh,
0: my, my frogs, I, I love the scum frog launch frog. That's kind of, if I'm throwing mats, uh, the scum frog also has a trophy series popping frog. I, I don't throw a popping frog too much, but probably like, I would say at least 50% of the time, my frog of choice is a Stanley top toad. Kind of same way with daniel i love that more toad style action uh it's, it's just like the Sprobe uh flapping frog they're pretty pretty close like I, I couldn't find any whenever i was on okeechobee so i bought a flapping frog and it's pretty close to the same thing and they're good because they just kind of do a little bit of everything they definitely don't walk but I. it seems like the hookup ratio is really good i like that the colors and they're just super durable not too expensive you replace the the plastic on there so that that's kind of the one i probably throw the most but uh but yeah if if i'm throwing mats it's going to be that launch frog um so colors i this is maybe this is going to be a little bit regional but are there certain colors that you prefer over others and why and what time of the year is there certain certain ones like Ooh, this right now. This is a yellow belly, or this is the white one. Or when when do you throw what colors, Daniel? I I pretty much just try to throw two or
3: three. I'll I'll stick with that that red ear, which is a yellow belly,
0: and then I'll do a shad, and then I'll do a green pumpkin. Gotcha. I'm I'm definitely the same way. Like if if I hear if I'm at Matt and I hear a bunch of popping, like it's um, you know, And this like a fluke master thing. On one of his videos, he said he likes a yellow belly whenever he gets up on mats and he can hear the brim popping. I said, well, I'll try that. And then ever since then, I've kind of thrown one with yellow whenever I get in that situation. But
4: Chris, how about you, man? Is there like a special Rhode Island juice color? Um, well, Ooh. I think one thing that I do that a lot of people don't around here is like I'll throw a frog where people wouldn't think to throw a frog. Like you're saying, like a clear water, rocky lake, you know, with very little vegetation. I'll skip a frog under those shade lines and get bites. Um, For those very clear water situations, I like a green pumpkin, a spro poppin' frog. I feel like that gets eaten pretty good in clear water. Um, When the water is a little more stained, which, you know, we have a variety of lakes around here. I don't really pay attention to the color that much. You know, I like like a pumpkin seed bluegill kind of combination for the most part. But at the same time, like my frog gets ripped up by a pickerel. I'm more looking for a frog that's going to float and not sink, you know. So I'll just grab whatever I have. Um, But, you know, I feel like the color isn't the biggest thing with frog fishing. If you're on like a mat or something, right? Because it's not like the fish can really see the color. Yeah, I agree.
0: And Tim is it just like the white one 100% of the time?
5: <laughs> like 98% of the time. Really? Uh Dang. No, white definitely is my favorite. Uh, uh I kind of agree with what Chris said, you know, white is, is something you can go in in random places where you wouldn't think to throw a frog and you just speed that thing across the water and it's like a shag, right? Uh you know, but white, it's definitely my favorite color. I do throw black. And then uh, I do keep a, a green pumpkin with a yellow belly. Uh, you know, can't tell you the last time I actually threw that. But uh, clear water with grass, you know, where they can see the frog in the holes and stuff. Yeah, I'll adjust my color if I need to for sure. So.
1: Gotcha. And,
0: and my colors are just the same kind of things y'all said, you know, black, greens, white. Yeah. One of the things I've noticed on the uh
3: that Spro red ear where it's got a green back and a yellow belly is if it comes off a pad upside down and when it rotates, gets smashed. Mm. Mm. So you got that flash from yellow you got that
0: color change like.
3: Yeah, it.
4: that makes sense. That's like a reaction from the fish. Yeah. yeah. Mm.
2: Mm. There you go. And as is everybody throwing braid? <laughs> I hope. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Heavy
0: braid. Now, what 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 pound braid do you, is it? Like fifty and sixty five, mm-hmm. or
4: yeah, y'all going down to thirty? I mean, I, I throw fifty religiously. That FX two sunline. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, frog casting the frog is important, and I want the braid that seems to bird nest the least amount when I'm trying to skip it. So that's been my best line I've tried anyway over the years more consistent
1: yeah for sure
5: yeah, same way i throw a 50 actually that's pretty mm-hmm. much all i throw is is 50 yeah. um, i like the fins uh the infinity braid their black braid they have uh, the eight stranded it casts a mile. is really why uh, i really love that braid um uh, you know but yeah 50 you got it throwing in the slop
2: or throwing around the woods uh, you got to wrench them out of there sometimes so, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm throwing the the Spro Max Quattro, the that thinner braid. I'm still throwing fifty at least, but I, but it's probably got the diameter of a of a thirty. Okay. I hadn't even heard of that one, I'll have to check it out. Comes Makes off sense I mean cast a country mile, comes off real smooth. Hmm. Chuck, how how about you, you throwing fifty? Uh, y'all talking about line? Yeah. Sorry,
6: I, we had a storm come through earlier, so my phone's actually no, 20, so it. I got my wife's laptop right now. <laughs>
2: but
6: yeah, I throw uh, 40 right now. Hopefully you can hear me. Uh, can, can y'all hear me? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 we can hear you. Yeah, yeah I, throw, I throw 40. Just, uh, I think, Power Pro, whatever the, the cheapest stuff I can find is. the Not the slick, so that if I am around grass, it'll cut right through it. Um. I probably need to throw 50, but I threw, I, I throw 40 and I did break one off, uh, but it didn't cost me. But uh, yeah, I would, I would recommend 50 for sure.
0: I don't, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever, I mean, Lord, knock on wood, but I don't think I've ever broken one off. I, I bought, like I've said this before. I'm, I'm just repeating myself on every show, but I bought like thousands of yards from, I mean, like, Ten thousand yards of fifty-pound braid from Gerald Swindle. It was actually Darian Craig, who was his assistant at the time. Darian is fishing, who now owns Y'all Sweet Tea. But I, he was like changing from vicious to a different sponsor, and he was selling all all different kind. I bought all kind of crap. It was all used. He's very hard on stuff, hmm. but I bought like ten thousand yards of. 50 pound vicious braid and it's i'm still using it 10 years later it's that's all i use for everything it's it's i've never used vicious anything else but it's a uh, why well, did the flora was trash but the braid <laughs> was, was actually good. so yeah 50 pound vicious braid. there we go all right so rod reel like and this is where i think it's not contentious but i think everybody kind of has their own thoughts on it of it definitely is going to depend on what kind of water you fish. Maybe you have two different rods, or three, or four. Who knows? But um, but it seems like there can definitely be a lot of variation in maybe not so much power, but in length. So, mm-hmm. so Daniel, what, what what kind of rods are you using for for uh, frog fishing? Flapping cannot... frog, out, wait, wait, let let me guess. Flapping frog, because you want to be a little bit more you know, accurate with your cast because it's more of a toad style, you're probably using one that's a little bit shorter. But you're a big dude. Maybe, you know, you're. I can see them shoulders. Maybe you're throwing like eight foot. I, I don't know.
3: I'm, I'm throwing, a, I've got a bunch of the uh, old All-Pro rods.
2: Okay. So I'm throwing a, throwing a heavy, fast, seven. All-Star? Yeah, All-Pro. all-pro. The, they're, okay. they're a Nashville company. Oh, so, I got you. It's no longer in existence, but they're oh, okay. two hundred, four
3: hundred dollar rods, and I've I've got a full set of everything. So, Dang. Eventually, I'm going to switch. I just don't know to who or what yet. <laughs> but I'm um, I'm going like a seven, seven and a half,
2: uh, heavy fast. That way, I can do I can do open or I can do uh, heavy vegetation. Gotcha. So seven and a half. Okay. Chris? Uh, yeah. So I got two rods I'll use. You know, one for if I'm like,
4: you know, skipping docks or fishing in the clear water, like I was talking about earlier. I'll be like a seven, seven foot two FX uh, medium heavy action micro guides. Nothing crazy. I just want like a light rod that's not going to get my arm tired from walking the frog all day. And then, if I'm fishing heavy vegetation, I have a G Loomis heavy action. I think it's a oh, seven oh. six frog rod. Um, okay. So I, I'll throw that if I'm fishing like heavy heavy vegetation where I, I'm gonna you know need to pull the fish out of the cover. Um. So those are my two setups I would use.
1: That's
4: a that's a big one too. Where it's you know frog and like you you almost
0: have to spend a good amount of money on it and have a good rod because it can be, if you don't, it can just be so difficult on you going through the grass and getting Mm -hmm. it free and that big, heavy rod.
4: Having the heavy rod is definitely really key for, you know, those situations where, you know, I'm throwing that that scum frog, launch frog trying to pull a fish out because, you know, you can easily get overpowered in the heavy vegetation.
5: For
2: sure,
5: Tim. I'm um, the same way. I throw seven three heavy H and H down here. Uh, they're here. They're a local rod maker here. They uh, brand for some other companies and stuff, but they have their own lines and they uh, uh, they make a really good just seven three heavy fast. It's light, um, and I think that's why I really like it so much. it's not really heavy, so I can sling a frog around all day. We did it yesterday. Right. And it, your arm doesn't get tired because if your rods, you know, if you got a heavy rod on there, mm-hmm. it's just like a deep crank and stuff. You know, you're winching oh. down and, and it makes you tired for a while. So uh, if you can find a good heavy rod, it's over seven foot, that's not so heavy, it's going to wear your arm out. You probably do pretty good with it, with a broad. Yeah. So. But
0: y'all, I mean, both y'all, seven, two, seven, three. I mean, that, that, that sounds, you know, sounds right. like a good in between, you know? Chuck,
2: yeah, I'm with those
6: guys. Uh, my all around is like the seven three heavy action, or uh, and uh, if I'm throwing grass, I have a a seven foot seven inch extra heavy. Uh, like if I'm fishing that Gunnersville stuff, like the cheese, but probably ninety percent of the time that seven three heavy gets it done for me.
0: Yeah, and mine's my main one is a seven foot heavy fast caching that just the. Uh, whatever the i don't know whatever the good one is I, I forget the name of it um it's it it's a great rod i, I like the, the shorter car- one the what the Kira.
6: Car- oh you said Cashin.
0: yeah what, okay whatever the, the elite or whatever whatever yeah. the old yellow handles now i have the newer one i forget the rod it's not a john cruise one but it's i don't know whatever it's it's a good rod and i like the grip on it for for frog fishing because you you definitely get a lot of you know it seems like whenever you're really Mm -hmm. trying to set the hook on them real good that uh that grip on there is really good for it i don't love it for everything else but for that it's really good um and then i usually use like they said something a little bit bigger and heavier like a seven have a falcon expert it's called the the dragger i use it for some swim baits and things like that but it's it's good for for that as well it's seven six heavy so uh so I guess kind of what's now we'll talk about like because everybody's probably just using a little bit bigger you want to be able to catch up to them pretty quick so everybody everybody's using probably a little bit bigger uh seven six or seven speed reel maybe an eight something like that that sound about right six seven eight I guess that'd have to be one of those but
2: probably eight a three, seven, five to eight three mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm using eight eight. 73. Yeah, I'm at yeah.
0: seven three as well. Yeah, I think mine's a seven. I have a smoke HD. It's got the big handles I like yeah. on it. The um, so kind of when, what what are your techniques for fishing? So for both people that are just getting into it and people have been doing it for a long time, maybe there's some kind of tip that you can give them with a different kind of techniques. Uh, Is there, is there anything that you can share both for the new and the advanced, maybe somebody, something that they wouldn't know or something that you do that you think it stands out to other people's frog technique?
2: Daniel, we'll just keep doing a circle. It's it's, it's easier. (laughs) Yeah. So the, the biggest, I
3: think the biggest overarching thing on a frog is, is waiting to set the hook. So in, in, uh, I sent you a link that you can post in the comments. Unfortunately, we can't share it. I've tried to get permission to share these people's videos and stuff before, and I can't. But it's a slow motion of of a fish hitting a frog. And you can see exactly at the point in time, whenever, whenever a fish hits it and start to take it down, they open their mouth to suck it in. And you see people. You know in your head that's exactly whenever most people set the hook. It's that second that it it's got it between uh-huh. its lips. It turns. It opens to suck in. People set the hook. The frog's gone. Fish is gone. So just give that three count. Let it let it suck it in. Close
2: and dive. You're gonna hook up. Your, your hookups gonna be so high. That's and and cool. also is rain... Is like you
0: doing any kind of special, you know? Or are you bending out the hooks, bending them up, cutting the tails, anything like that? If um, bobber, bobber stops on the front of the line, or any, any kind of sneaky little thing. It, it it depends. If I'm if I'm
3: doing um, I'm doing like horny toads versus a hollow body frog, I'll put a bead in front of it so that it gets some erratic patterns as you as you pull it across okay. top of the water. Um. I will, I'll take a turkey baster and I'll put a little juice inside the frog. I'm sorry. So, so I'll take a turkey baster or syringe. (laughs) And I'll
2: put a
3: little, I'll put a little, um, I'll put a little juice inside the frog. So, whenever they smash it, they get a a little flavor burst. (laughs)
1: Dang,
3: I like it. All right. It's a a gusher. Yeah. I mean, well, so so what it'll do is it'll trail the scent it'll do two things they'll trail the scent if they're following it and if they bite it they're going to get a surge of they're just not going to let go
0: i mean who, who doesn't like a squirter i mean you know
1: <laughs> chris
4: how, how about you man so uh elaborating on that um so i don't pull out the turkey baster but uh <laughs> I do put some. I might procure. be pulling out the turkey baster from here no, on out. By no, the way. No, per, no turkey baster for me, but I do put procure on the frog. Um, obviously that's like the uh, fish attractant. But um, for me, I feel like it's more for lubrication purposes. You know, I feel like I get a cleaner, smoother hook set, you know, with the you know, oily frog. And then uh, one that's not oily, because I feel like the crushers on a fish, you know, if they really clamp down on that thing, you know, you're not going to get much of a hook set, especially on like a big fish over 20 inches. Um, So I I put it on for that reason. I also think obviously they're going to get a little bit of a taste of it. Um, But I feel like overall, my little trick is I think frogs have a lot of drawing power. I think if you are in the strike zone and you can fish a frog slow, you can draw a fish from like a few feet away, especially in clear water. Um, so for me, when I'm fishing a frog, if I feel like it's in the strike zone, I'm going to fish it very slow. But once it's out of that strike zone, you
2: really got to reel it in and make another cast. Gotcha. So de- don't waste your time in dead water. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Tim? The best piece of advice I have for people is they put a frog down too fast. And when I talk to people,
5: a lot of them, like, you know, they'll admit that. I I love throwing a frog. I I almost have one tied on year round. Um, Yeah. And people won't get bit on it. And then they'll just put it down and say, oh, you know, they're not biting. They're not biting. Right. Um, You know, sometimes it's about how you're working it, about your cadence you know, your speed, things like that, a lot of that makes a difference Like uh, how you're working a frog, you know. Um, and, and people associate that with, uh, you know, oh, if I'm hearing frogs, I can throw a frog, or if I see grass, <laughs> I can throw a frog, right? But, you know, when the shad spawn is going, I love a frog. It's probably one of my favorite times to throw a frog. Because they will actually like match a frog running across the top of the water. Uh, you know, now my arm's tired. You're working it so fast, but they'll just blast it. Uh, so I think that's probably one of my biggest pieces of advice: is is don't put it down so fast, and and tinker with it for a while. Throw it around different stuff. Throw it at different speeds. You know, figure out what they want. Because when you do, you know, you can win a whole tournament. Uh, you know, just because you figured out one little thing. Um, I've done it on Fairfield. I, did y'all ever fish Fairfield? In, oh yeah. Uh, KFL. I love that place. Yeah, so uh, it was a February tournament, and it was still pretty cold, and there was sparse grass here, and there, dead grass, and and stuff. And, and I was just flinging a frog around and figured out that's what they wanted. And I didn't put it down. Uh, almost busted a hundred. I would have. I wouldn't have lost one of them, you know. But it just happened. They weren't touching top water anywhere. But it was just how they wanted it. Um, and if I'd have put it down. You know, I'd have never even figured that out. Uh, it's, mm. So I think that's the number one thing, and then the second one is I don't use the turkey bas- baster. That's a new one. I'm actually gonna have to try that. <laughs> Everybody be out here buying turkey basters. Yeah. It's sponsored by a Turkey Baster Company. Uh, yeah. So most frogs will have you know the water exit hole. The booyahs are back here, right? Uh, I actually really, I really like the little bitty glass rattles. The little ones. You know they they break when they get in there. I don't put them in there to stay together. I put them in there to break, and it just makes a really subtle, very interesting racket. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd say that's
2: my other little trick. I like to use my frogs. I stick it in every single one of them, no matter what brand it is. So. Chuck, uh, if you're just starting out, keep it simple. Get you a couple frogs
6: from. Couple good companies that have made frogs for forever. Not some of these new companies that come up and make frogs. But your Spros, they've been they were the first ones that I know of. Your Booyahs, really good. Get you one of those, and the color don't matter. Just look at the belly. You either got a white frog, a black frog, or a yellow frog, or a brown frog. There's basically four colors. Just keep it kind of simple and uh, bend the hooks out a little bit. I, I like doing that. You don't have to, uh, especially with the booyahs being so soft. You don't have to bend them out at all, but I do like to bend them out, not up, but bend them like away from the, from the frog body. Um, you basically want to, let me see if I can show you. You want to be able to make it where when you, when you grab the side of the frog, that it catches your fingers. So you say that they're not up at all, but they're out. I don't know if you can see that or not, but. That's that's my recommendation. Bend them out a little bit, not up, and uh just get you a couple and throw it. Like Tim said, they'll bite it all year. Um I either have that or a spook on and you know I'm it's basically a weedless spook. Uh one more thing, get good at just walking it in place. It takes a lot of practice with with any type of uh like walking bait or anything like that. Just make sure like if you can walk that thing in place and it doesn't move but maybe like a half inch or an inch like to the boat, if you're in that strike zone, they they can't stand it doing
2: that. So it's those those few things are kind of what I've learned and uh definitely makes it starting out a lot easier.
0: I think I've done like every dumb thing to a frog you can do. Like I've you cut them open along, and you know I put BBs in there. Like I put I used to put before the boom boom frog came out that has Velcro on the top. I used to put a bunch of super glue on the top because I thought it gave it more texture before those came out. I don't really think it does anything. I came up with that one myself, a, a damn original <laughs> idea. Um, you know, I've cut the legs, I've bent out the hooks, I've I mean, I you know, everything you can do to a frog, I've done it. Does it help for me? I, I don't maybe. You know, a glass rattle, that sounds like a good idea. Um, You know, the baster, scent, scent's never bad, especially because you. I think scent a lot of times can be overused, but for baits where it's sitting and it's staying in one spot for a long time make more sense to me. So that's the baster putting scent on it. I haven't done that before, so maybe that one I will try. But um, yeah, just like Chuck said, if you're just getting into frogs, so much fun, just find some grass, throw a frog up there, and move it around. you'll get bit eventually, and then you'll be hooked and then it'll be you know you along with the fish, and then you'll enjoy it It's such a good time one of the other one of the other things on your
2: your older sprows is to boil them in water, yeah, a dozen times <laughs> yeah it'll soften the bodies up, make them a little tacky, interesting.
3: Yeah, yeah, I've heard I boil people.
0: the hell out of them too. So you do it like twelve times.
3: Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll boil them, let them cool off, boil them. I'll do it a dozen times over a couple of days. Uh, the newest ones they have out are softer, so it it I don't really you know, not don't really have to do it, but you'll get some of the harder ones that it makes a night and day difference.
0: A lot of guys will throw yeah, them up I'd, on their dash, leave them on yeah, the dash of um, their truck for a month. I think maybe that was a problem because I would boil them once and then it wouldn't really like I remember I taking my box and just dumping all the frogs in a pot. My wife laughing at me and like I do it one time and it was like, it didn't really do anything. But I guess if you're boiling it a dozen times, it it would. It, it, It make a huge, it make a big difference. It'll really
3: soften them up.
0: Do you scent the water? Why you're doing
3: it? No. <laughs> yeah, the whole house would be reeking.
0: Yeah. Well, I I, I thought like you know maybe putting because I remember like I'm not talking speaking of Fluke Master again, like he was saying he would put BBs in there because it would weigh down the frog a little bit if you were fishing mats that the frog would sit if it had more weight it would sit down lower on the mat and increase your hookup ratio.
6: You know, Lee Livesey did that, but to make bomb cast on Chickamauga yeah. when he won that tournament. Yeah. Yeah. He put but I throw the
2: launch...
0: Now I throw the launch frog, and it's, if I mm. feel like it's got enough weight that it, you know... They're they're not just nosing it out of the water a bunch, I guess. There's
3: another... So uh, well, Spro makes that shad, that spitting shad. Mm-hmm.
2: So if you get a little water in the spitting shad, you can actually fish it like a jerk bait. And it only
3: applies It only. This only applies whenever you're doing like a Spro only tournament. That that you can get some water in it. It'll 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 submerge, and then you can rip it like a jerk
2: underneath water. And get some crazy reaction bites. Are you putting treble hooks on the on the hooks too?
0: <laughs> you bend them out a little, you bend them <laughs> out a little bit, and and spro frog, it just fishing it slightly different. I mean, for a tournament, that hey, that can that can make all the difference whenever you're trying to make a frog more versatile for that tournament,
2: you know. I know some guys that punch them, like especially in those all
6: the all spray tournaments, they'll put a big punching weight on the front of it and like. Punch frogs,
1: <laughs> really? What? Nice. Yeah.
6: You got to read the rules. You got to read the rules so
3: you know exactly how far you can take it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Dang. <laughs>
4: I've never heard of that one. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yep. Well, it's like Gunnersville. They have the pro only frog tournament. So, yeah. Yeah. Like this year, they had every year. They also have the. It was the Rattle Trap tournament this year because Yamamoto got bought out by them. It was the Yamamoto bill lewis slash something else that only tournament up there on, on gunnersville and same thing like you're trying before whatever it was just bill lewis and it's just rattle traps like you're trying to do whatever you can to that bait to make it more versatile versatile to do different you know because they had only have a certain amount a couple of baits that you could use so people would get all i mean people were doing some shady stuff with them you know not shady like it would say in the rules like exactly what you could do but yeah, people are heavy, heavy modification to these rattle traps yeah. to make them do something they were not intended to do. And when you when you're doing the spro only tournaments, you
3: can't use you can't replace the legs. But if you can replace the legs with live
2: rubber, uh, you get you get way more sporadic action of the legs on the frogs as well. Do you do that to your frogs, and not in those tournaments? I, I have a few,
3: yes. I, I won't. I won't do it. Like if I do the Spro tournaments, I will buy. I hope hopefully do it again next year. Uh, they haven't done it for two years, but um, I, I will go buy specific for the tournament. I won't. I won't reuse anything I have like, one, I can't remember what I
2: replaced the rubber on. So, dang, Daniel is sneaky. Turkey basting, different legs. Yeah. <laughs> My man, my man's
0: getting out there with them frogs. I like it. Well, my, the only
3: way I could make state sometimes was to go for big bass. So uh... <laughs> that's
0: right. Hey, if it's if it's legal, dude it, man. I like it. So, so, All go, right, so I, I would go hunting for the big bass. I wouldn't care about the limit. I would just go for the big bass. So what what did I forget with frogs? Tell me is there, is there anything I
2: missed? They catch giants. <laughs> high risk True. high reward, yep, man i mean i i
4: I fish a frog around docks too, a lot, I feel like uh none the dock. you really gotta be an accurate caster, which I don't know if you guys follow the k f l they call me the sniper a little bit, but uh, you know th- making those crazy casts with a frog like in between pontoons you know and you're able to present a frog where not many people throw it i feel like that's when you get those
2: crazy big bites sometimes um that's like the funnest part for me honestly yeah, yeah. follow up baits i think follow up baits mm-hmm. are extremely important with a frog not not
5: necessarily when you're up in the thick stuff right cuz official Boy, hit a,
1: yeah
5: yeah like you throw it back over there and if they missed it, they'll probably try and hit it again. Right. Sanco. they can't really see it that well, but you know, when you're on more of that sporadic grass or more of an open water, you know, submerged grass. And so you've got that little bit of space at the top, um, in the water, you know, you throw a frog and they miss it. They may not, they may not try and hit it again. So I'll, I definitely always keep a, a weightless, uh, you know, true center stick, a stick bait. Right. Um, that I'll follow up with and I'll chunk back in there if I miss them uh, coming at it. We had a few yesterday, you know, we'd be reeling it in, and they wanted the, the frog so stinking fast, you almost couldn't do it fast enough for them. And they had a few swiping at it when we are reeling it back in, and, you know, that that weightless uh, stick bait did some work for us, too, on the follow-ups like around cypress trees and stuff. Uh, you know, so I think that's important. Uh, have a follow-up bait. You don't always need it, uh, but it's good to have with you if you're in that open water situation. They miss your frog.
0: I always do the like the fi- same way. Follow up with a, a Senko. It, Chris. I, I, because you said this, have you ever? Well, you you fish it. You were saying you fish it in a lot of open water, so not as much grass. But I'm thinking, like, why haven't I ever like put a Senko on like heavy tackle like 50 pound braid or something like that and tried to get it into that hole where instead of fishing it on the outside of the of the mat or in open water like trying to get a sinko in there if like if that's my follow-up and i'm committed to a frog all day like you know like i'm
4: going to gundersville why not throw that you know i think six inch Well, the frog just has more drawing power than a Sanko does. You know, you can pull a fish out of cover better with that frog. And then if you do happen to miss it, throw that Sanko back in. But, you know, I've had a good amount of success getting frog fish to eat it a second time if I haven't like, you know, put hooks in them. Um, Because everyone, I don't care how good of a frog fisherman you think you are, everyone gets excited and misses fish, you know, and it happens but having the composure to make that perfect cast within five to seven seconds after missing the fish and you know getting him to eat again um you know that picture i sent you that fish daniel actually he that fish ate it the second time i missed it the first time and that ended up being the lunker of the tournament and lunker of the season actually for our club so uh just kind of keeping composed in those moments of like, Oh my God, I just missed a
2: giant, you know? Um, I feel like that makes a big difference for sure. Chuck. What's up? Did I miss anything? Uh, no, nah, I mean, we covered
6: Rod's reels line people's, uh, I mean, I missed a lot of it. So
2: <laughs> now, but, uh,
6: but yeah, I mean the stuff I've heard, it sounds, sounds pretty good.
3: Uh, to me, there's like maybe like two more things to call out. Is is pause at the boat. You know, don't especially for new people. Don't don't reel the frog down to the tip of your pole, and and pause a, a split second, half a second before you lift the frog out of the water for your next cast. Um, I don't know how many times I've been smashed right at the kayak. Um, the, the times I have been snapped off is when I've been lost focus and I've reeled the frog to the rod tip, I've literally gotten hit on the rod tip and snapped off. Ooh. Wow. And we're talking big, we're talking big bass. I mean, we're talking,
2: you know, you're talking 10-pound bass that are falling all the way to the kayak and, and, or you've got that Folgers, uh,
3: that Folgers can size mouth sucking in water as you lift the bait out of the water. Because you're trying to to rush the next cast, so I'd say just just pause a second there, and then the other one is a lot of a lot of people are scared of bait casters, for for, for frog fishing, and that you should Google how to put training wheels on a reel, uh, get somebody to cast it out for you, put some black electrical tape on it, minimize how much you can backlash, and and just dig in and learn how to use a bait caster.
0: That's right. Yes. I, I, I see, a, I, I see a lot of people, even people who were uh, supposedly highest, higher level in our sport using, you know, sometimes they'll use the wrong gear in my mind, at least, uh, both backwards, both ways, like spinning and fake casting. So this to me would, Frogs would only be a bait casting technique, and and some can go either way. But I, I see, you know, I think it's a common mistake for people to use the wrong kind of gear you know, on a technique, and, and it just leads to low hookup ratio. the The risk reward maybe you get a couple extra bites if you think of fish as line shy and you go to spin a tackle rather than baitcaster. But most of the time, you know, it's not worth the it's not worth the heartache. I guess. You know, so
2: I do have one more. So like when when you
6: you cast your frog out there, let it always let it sit until the ripples kind of dissipate a little bit. this You don't want to like start working it as soon as it hits the water. Definitely want to throw it out there, let it sit for a second, and then like they're looking at it when it hits the water a lot of the times. And then when you move it, when there's no ripples, man, they'll come up. They'll come unglued on it. (laughs) So take your time with it. You know, cast it out there, let it sit for a second. And then start working it. Mm
4: -hmm. I think letting your frog like kind of land very softly too will help in certain situations. You know, not spooking the fish, especially in shallow water.
6: Yep, and that's where Daniel's turkey baster will come in hand because you let it sit, and that you know that that oil slick will just kind of be hovering
0: around. If if you make a really dumb cast with a frog, just like Chuck saying, just give it some time and let it. Let the fish forget that it's there. Give it 10, 15 seconds. You'll be okay. Just, you know, wait a, wait a few seconds. Let the, the dumbness of the cast, like the, the shock of the cast go away, and then start it, you know, if you do something crazy. My only, my only suggestion would be, if you're fishing, like, especially in mat situations, be on your game. Like, be focused, be intentional, and be like Swindle says, the pencil sharpener, like get that fish in. I think, and a lot of times people lose fish in the mats and I have to physically think about, like I'm trying to get on the fish as quick as I can. And it's almost like lifting them. Like you want to be kind of pulling it almost up at the same time that you're reeling as hard as you can to get it up on top of the mat. Once you get it on top, you can get it rolling just getting it up there sometimes you don't want to just drag the fish in the mat because you give them such a chance to come off but so your goal mat fishing to me is getting it on top of the mat as quick as possible and every split second that you're not focused on that objective your your hookup ratio goes way down so that that's a big one whenever you can get the Technique of getting them up on top of the mat and really getting on them that's a fishing mat, mat specifically frog mat fishing becomes better.
2: Yeah, baby powder. I don't
5: know why I forgot about it. Oh, yes, baby powder. I I got my box at the office. Everybody's probably looking weird up here. I don't know if you can see it. I'm gonna spill baby powder. I got it all over my desk here from picking these stupid frogs up. But it works. I mean, it's yeah. no joke. The baby powder trick yeah, helps just keep that moisture out. Helps keep your legs from getting all sticky and stuck together, and you know they get almost hard in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it works. It works so well. I've started putting baby powder in my other boxes.
1: It I works put for, in dig baits, box. for sure. My box. I've
5: got baby yeah. powder in there. You know, I've got it in everything. Even my crankbaits. And I don't. Ha- I don't have any rust problems. You know, the the boxes are waterproof, but we all know how waterproof, waterproof really is. Uh-huh, water in, You know, it <laughs> works really well. And it comes off. I mean, it comes right off uh, yep. when you get it in the water. If you don't think it does, stick it in there, rub it a little bit in the water. It'll come off. Uh, you know, yeah. it, that is a trick that works really well. Yeah, that's a really to, good to one. To save it's yourself. Down. It sounds dumb, but, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a good one.
0: Yep. All right. Tim, I know you're an entrepreneur. Scented baby powder, just for your baits. They got lavender. <laughs>
1: they <I> got
0: lavender. <laughs> it, it might, it might as well have a smell on it whenever you're putting it in there, so it could be absorbing some of it.
5: Yeah. Do you imagine the first call we get from somebody with a new baby who accidentally switched out the scented baby powder for the real stuff? And the He's lawyer you yelling ready. at him.
2: man, you
5: made yeah. it look just like the real thing. Oh, why, does my, why does
0: my baby smell like, my baby's nuts <laughs> smell like Dad. coffee? Dad,
5: you can share.
0: Okay, well, just a little warning labels, add them on there, and then you've got a product. Uh, it's
5: called
2: Fishing Powder. Not uh, Fishing Powder, there you go. Yeah. All right.
0: All right. Well, I want to give y'all a chance. Shout out. Anybody who makes fishing easier for you, Daniel. We'll, we'll start with you, man.
2: Music city outdoors. There you go. Jimmy spot. I like it. Oh yeah. Chris. Uh, yeah.
4: So I'm on the Hobie fishing team. So obviously having a Hobie outback makes frog fishing easier for me. Um, also local dealership I work with is the kayak center and, uh, you know, they've really helped me out whenever I've had anything go wrong. So I've always had a kayak that's been functioning.
2: That's right. It's important. It's an important part of kayak fishing. I like Definitely. it. Tim. Yeah, I mean since we're talking about
5: frogs, uh H and H, these guys, you know, they make phenomenal rods. Uh, you know, I I love their stuff and uh their heavy rod is my favorite frog rod I've ever had. Uh those guys make good stuff. And then fins break. I've been using fins forever. Um, I really like their stuff, drawing it, cast them off. So uh, those two companies, it comes to frogging. That's all I use. So.
0: That's right. And Tim's my uh, a partner with X-Zone, so get in zone.
5: X-Zone. Yeah, baby. <laughs> see if they come out with a frog, but so they need yeah. to come out with an egg.
0: Yeah, holler at Jim, maybe. I, I hollered at... I told him something else he should make. I was like, man, I know Brandon Polanek and Carl Jacobson. They might have your ear a little bit more than I do, but this is a bait <laughs> you should make. And it was the gilly. It was uh, the gilly before the gilly came out, and uh, it won best <laughs> of the show. And it was, yeah. it, they ended up not making it because they, I guess, it wasn't like uh, they didn't think it was something that they'd be able to sell enough of. But because I, I, I used them like the. I mean they get on an egg zone thing but it was uh, like I like free rigging it mm-hmm. the not not the gilly but the the do live shad and I don't like spending $10 on four damn baits so I tried to get him <laughs> to make it and he wouldn't do it but mm-hmm. maybe one All right Chuck how about you man you No know, the good lord up above for
6: uh you know letting us you know catch these fish and uh, my wife and, and family That's right I'll shout out Bucks
0: Island since
1: Chuck's yeah. wearing a hat,
0: man. Yeah, I, I, I like to rep them. Uh, big Chaps, <laughs> big, uh, you know, th- those, those are good folks. If y'all need something, holler at them. Yeah, go holler at Chap. If, if you're so, in Alabama, kind of Georgia, Tennessee, and you know, and you can't find the kayak you've been looking for, give Chap at uh, Bucks Island I Call, and he'll hook you up. They got all the Hobies and all the Jacksons, even the new Orange hobies which i know have been sold out in a lot of places i think they have a couple so there you go appreciate y'all being on and uh we'll see y'all again next week uh that's it yeah y'all be good